we didn't really have a plan, did we? And it grew so quickly. We got 130,000 followers in 24 hours. And it was just like, it floored me. What have we done? We tried to like morph ourselves into someone that we wasn't. So we found ourselves in moments where we'd burnt ourselves out trying to be all these different things and then sat back and was like, is this even right? But for me, it's as long as you feel happy, nobody else matters. Everything else is just noise. Hello and welcome back to the NatWest Business Show. I'm your host, Angelica Bell, and this season we're talking to inspiring business owners who sprint headfirst into adventure and opportunity. Joining us this week are Kira and Amy Lawler-Skillen, founders of the Manchester-based Feel Good Club. Now, their mission is to spread positivity, love and normalise talking about feelings no matter what gets in their way. Kira and Amy turned their business from a project in their spare room into a physical space where they serve coffee by day and host incredible events by night where people can feel accepted and comfortable, all with mental health and positivity in mind. So please do welcome Kira and Amy. Hi. Thank you for having us. I'm feeling the positive energy Spread right it now. It. Spread, Spread it. Spread it. It's natural. Fill in the room. Oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs> so before we get to your awe-inspiring journey, we ask every guest to tell us a business confession, something that you learned along the way. Maybe you felt vulnerable, you made a mistake, but it sort of propelled your business. So what is your business confession? So I think our business confession is that we have spent more time than we probably care to admit or talk about crying in our front room wondering whether we made the right decision because Feel Good Club was never really supposed to be a business. It all kind of came from something that that I needed to, when I was struggling with my own mental health, I needed to channel the negativity I was feeling into something positive. So the very early inception of Feel Good Club came back in 2015. I was struggling from an eating disorder and I decided that I was going to channel that into something positive. So I started Feel Good Club, sat on the floor in our studio apartment, sharing parts of my story and my journey, hoping that it would help other people as well. And then I started making candles too on the on the side, but it was a tiny studio apartment we had no money to invest into it so I was using the same pots and pans that we were eating from to make the candles and one day Amy got home from work and said I'm sick of finding wax in my food now like and the candles don't smell of anything (laughs) we can't sell candles that have no scent (laughs) yeah so we put it to one side and then in 2018 we got married and Amy came home one day and and said that her nine to five, wasn't fulfilling her and said, should we start Feel Good Club again? But we kind of hit that same problem. We had no money to invest. We didn't know what we were doing. And we we kind of came to a, we, we knew the purpose. We knew that we wanted to make people feel good. We wanted to be the voice that I needed to hear when I was struggling most. And then one day we got a surprise refund that we wasn't expecting. And 500 pounds came into our bank account and we took that as a sign that that we should start. So we bought a screen printer, we bought a sewing machine, we put it in our spare little, little baby room in the house. We rang my mum and said, can you come teach us how to sew? We're going to start this clothing brand. And my mum was just like, okay, don't ask any questions. Started sewing, jumped onto the internet, started learning how to screen print t-shirts, started screen printing t-shirts, built our own website and said, let's just see what happens. But I think what, what came with that was that we had a lot of self-doubt 
because we didn't know what we were doing. And I think we started reading a lot of books about business and thought, this is what we need to know. This is what we need to understand. And we tried to like morph ourselves into someone that we wasn't. And I think that caused a lot of self-doubt. So we found ourselves in moments where we'd burnt ourselves out trying to be all these different things and then sat back and was like, is this even right? But then when we took it back to who we are, what our purpose is to make people feel good, then that's that's the business. That's that's who we are. I wonder how many times right. I wonder how many times throughout this business I've actually said, This is a terrible idea. <laughs> Literally at every every big moment. I think the <laughs> the clothing starting that that part so went day, wrong. So on day one, we built the website, did pre-orders. As we was trying to make the t-shirts, the, our first ever t-shirt, the screen broke. Oh, and if you've yeah. ever done screen printing before, it takes eight hours to burn another screen. And we didn't have a spare screen because we wasn't we didn't think that that far ahead to even buy a spare screen. So from day one, I sat on top of the stairs, crying my eyes out, and said to Kira, "What were we thinking? This was a terrible idea." Anyway, got through that. Opened the coffee shop. Open the doors. What were we thinking? This is a terrible idea. Kitchen. <laughs> Kitchen was too small. Wool started melting. Had to stop serving food. Amy was like, it's a terrible idea. What are we doing? Even like partly with the book, when we published the book, yeah. the the pre-orders went out early and then we realised, oh my God, this is such a big thing. We've put all of our deepest thoughts and feelings into something physical that's going to be in the world forever. And you were like, is this a good idea? <laughs> so basically the inception for your business sort of flourish from a moment of despair yeah absolutely and and I think the one goal that that we had when we started it was it was to give ourselves some purpose and it was also I was in a better place where I could really try and help to be that voice that I needed to hear when I was struggling most mm. so our goal was the obviously the 10,000 followers let's get the swipe up but it was to make one person feel good about themselves every single day and we started and it just it just worked, didn't it? Yeah. People resonated with it. We. Um... Why do you think people resonated with that? Because, you know, one thing about your page, which I've looked at, is that, you know, you embrace your vulnerability, your rawness, which a lot of businesses struggle with. Mm -hmm. So is that the connection? Is this a success? You I know, think, I think it comes from just being ourselves because there was no, there was no big goal or big dream at the start. It was just kind of like, Let's just post. And if people like it, they like it. If somebody other than my mum likes it, it's been a good day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it kind of just stepped from that. I always remember when we first opened the coffee shop, um, there was a mum there with a little baby and I was like playing with the baby and I was like laughing and joking with the baby and walking around and she was just staring at me nonstop. And I was like, oh, sorry, did you want another coffee or something? Can I help you? And she was like, I just can't believe you're actually the person that you are online. It's very rare that you see that these days. It was never money driven or it was never, oh, we want to get the coffee shop or we want to get a hotel or we want to get this and we want to get that. It was just, let's just try and make people feel good. And I think we're naturally, we're just naturally happy and feel good people. So it's just a natural thing for us. Okay, so you, but you're making out as if it's it's easy and it is for you. You're, you know, not, no, there's yeah. nothing that naturalness, <laughs> you know, but some businesses, like I said, do struggle with that, that, you know, to, expose themselves you know how do you manage that are there days where you just don't want to do that or you know or do you just think our, my community accepts that and what advice would you give to other businesses who want to tap into that um I think it is it is just it's being yourself and it's also having like it's having that purpose of okay I'm gonna feel slightly uncomfortable for a few moments but that's gonna make so many other people feel comfortable and 
And we've had a lot of people in our lives who have really, really believed in us. Like, you know, so from the the next step from the spare room and starting that Instagram page was, again, we had no money, but we decided we were going to start making some clothing so that the clothing, basically, when you're putting that on, it reminds you of all the things that Feel Good Club stands for. It reminds, reminds you if you're having a bad day, you can get through it. In my previous job, I was um, director of happiness and people and I was helping to build environments um, in workplaces that kind of cared for their teams. And a person that I met through and he's like our angel, isn't he? A guy called Atul. He's 60 years old, interior designer, really well respected within Manchester. And I was working on an office with him in New York and he asked me what Field Club was. He could see that me and Amy were working on something. And I told him and I said, eventually what we want to do, we're building this community online, but we want to bring that into the physical world. No idea how I'm going to get there or how we're going to do it. Um, We want a physical space. And he turned around and he said, you can do it. Leave it with me. A couple of weeks later, I'm back in Manchester in the office and he bursts through and says, I've got the person who's going to borrow you the money and he's going to give you the space as well. And... I was like, whoa. And he was like, just send him your business plan tomorrow. No idea how to write a business plan. So called Amy. We need to Google again how we start, how we write a business plan. Wrote it and sent it off. And there was no real financial figures or value in there. It was about how we wanted to make people feel when they came into this space and why it's important. And he turned around and said, yeah, and and gave us the money to do it. And I think without so many people believing in us, we wouldn't be where we are now. There's that element of self-belief of like, okay, we were we were manifesting this, we wanted it. But if we didn't believe in ourselves enough to say yes when the opportunity arose, then we we wouldn't be there. But in turn, we wouldn't be there without the people that that have kind of come into our lives. So I think that's, I think that's it. It's, it's surrounding yourself with the people who also believe in you. You can believe in yourself as much as possible, but you also, as humans, we need that connection. Um, so surrounding yourself with people who will also uplift you and also uh, your biggest cheerleaders is so important. We was like, right, okay, well, let's start the Instagram page. So we went to post our first ever Instagram post mm-hmm. and we backed out because the imposter syndrome kicked in and we were like, why would anybody care what we've got to say? Like, what would our friends and family think if we're talking about mental health and feelings? Like, oh, we'll just leave it. But our friend came later on and was like, just post it. So if that person didn't, if if we didn't surround ourselves with that friend who told us just to post it, we probably wouldn't be here now. Yeah. So it's, it's surrounding yourself, believing in yourself, but also surrounding yourself with people who believe in you as well. I mean, it's incredible. So I always say there's good people. Yeah. out there good people we call them earth angels don't oh yeah. i like that yeah they come into your life they have no idea and, that they're doing it yeah and and they just do something or say something and it like it changes everything i want to talk about business partners so obviously you've got your investor mm-hmm. so you've got that partner and i guess that's important when someone starts a business that they choose that right investor and that right business partner but you're also a couple and your business partners so well, well, was that funny? <laughs> <laughs> Am I a comedian? I just can't believe we're still married. <laughs> After the half, last two and a half years. So how do you manage the dynamic? Do you know how many times people ask this question? Because um, people, I'm sorry, where I'm sitting going, oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I won't lie. There was a period of the business where we literally came home one day and looked at each other and said, are we going to get a divorce? We was that stressed and there was that much pressure on us and we forgotten how to be Amy and Kira. We was just business owners. Um, we went home and we were still doing business. We was talking about business. During breakfast, we were thinking about business. 
And we just literally set boundaries around it. If we hadn't set boundaries, I don't think we would have we would have got through it. And I, I think though we're we're still learning and we're still growing. And you know, Amy and I sometimes people see us as as one person because we're also feel good club. And I think it's important for us to remember that we can also have very different opinions and we deal with situations in completely different ways. And it's finding like a, a common ground. And I think. The fact that we've we've been together for so long. So Amy and I met at uni when I was 18 years old. We've been together for almost 14 years, married for almost five. And we've grown up together. We have seen each other in such different periods of change in our life that I think that's a big factor of navigating it. And um, it's just communication. It's just communicating even when you don't want to and it feels difficult it's just doing that and being patient. As well as Kira said, people, and I think we thought we was like, because it's one business, we were like, oh, well, we have to do everything, like finances, accounts, uh, HR, everything. We've got to do it together because it's our business. Where two years in, after the nearly divorce chat, we was like, let's find our strengths and weaknesses, like you would do in a relationship, and then let's play on them. You forgot that you... I could go off and do that on a Monday and you can go and do something else while I'm doing that. You kind of forget because yeah. it's your, both your babies. You just want every bit of your opinion. Where now like Kira looks after the HR and the shop more and I look after the finances and the clothing more. So it's finding your strengths and weaknesses and then playing on them. Yeah. Just like a relationship. So can I ask about the boundaries and what have you put in place? Am I allowed to ask? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, ask, what, ask whatever you want. Um, Amazing. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're going to regret that. <laughs> is it 18 plus? <laughs> um, the things with boundaries is like, we no longer speak about business, obviously, when we get home. We have our phones, no phones at nine o'clock when we get in bed because our shop sometimes is open to like 10 o'clock at night and then our team send a handover if we've not been there and we'll be like half 10 at night reading through the handover and then something will be in there and you'll be like, oh, then your mind's ticking yeah. and then we're having a conversation about business again. So we have no phones in bed, nothing. As soon as we leave the office, because we have an office now next door to the coffee shop, we don't do business anymore. Obviously, it's really difficult at times, but it's more just like day-to-day -day making sure you're setting those boundaries. It doesn't always work. We slip into, yes, into old habits, but I think that's part of being like a human, but it's how you can like realise that, have the conversation and then make the changes. Like no one's perfect and... And, and we're definitely not perfect, but we're we're growing and, and not trying to put the pressure on ourselves to like know everything at mm. once and be like, okay, it's all right if we get this wrong or it's okay if we if we do it this way. And then, yeah, it's working out what works for you. Fantastic. Well, you're all about community and you've created this space, like we said, which allows people to feel comfortable, feel safe, be able to be themselves. So what is the first step businesses? could take to build communities like that which are inclusive like the feel good club i think that that it's such an important question and i think it's a big question as well i think in order to create inclusive communities you really need to care about it and like i said earlier about kind of when you asked the question about even when we don't feel like speaking about how we feel it's having moments of kind of discomfort yourself in order to make other people feel comfortable so we have a, a physical space and we've got a, a big team and there's so many, so many different areas. So for one example is, are you hiring queer people and are you talking openly about pronouns? Are you learning how to have those conversations? If someone misgenders your team or your employees, are you having that conversation, but having that conversation carefully, 
as well so that the person that you're having that conversation with doesn't feel fearful of getting it wrong and knows that the space to to get things wrong and learn um a physical space you know it representation is important and being able to come into a space and feel comfortable you need to you need to see it to be it so you know who have we got on our lineup on our events are there queer people trans people people of color we have a reading corner who's writing those books what's the content of it and I think it's I think it's having that holding that really important um to be able to to speak to your team and where your team know where you stand on it as well so when anyone joins our team in their first induction we we say straight away you know we have zero tolerance on racism homophobia transphobia ableism and if you ever experience within that that within our space you can come to us and it's zero tolerance and I'm gonna have your back if you know if a if that's an interaction with a customer that makes you feel uncomfortable do you know that your your leader has your back you can come to me and I will deal with that situation and um yeah there's, there's a couple of things I wanted to just expand upon that. First of all, as I mean, you set precedent on being a leader, leaders, mm-hmm. you know, and you want the people who work for you to know that, like you say, you've got their back. So what attributes do you think a business leader needs or should have? Honest there. Honest there. It's, I think as well, I remember when we first started this business, the first six months, I would come in and I would feel like I am a completely different person. I'd have no idea who I was when I got home at night because I was just trying to be somebody I thought I should be now I own a business. And I remember six months in turning to Karen being like, oh, I feel like I, I've lost my jokey like banter personality or I'm changing my voice slightly. And I remember feeling like it all the time. And then after like six months, I was like, wait a minute, I got this business. Like obviously it's we because there's two of us, but as me as an individual, I got this business and I got myself at this table. So why am I now changing it? So I think for me as a leader, it's being your authentic self. And the more you are yourself, the more you'll find your tribe. Like I am not going to be liked by everybody and I don't want to be liked by everybody. I think when I first opened the business, I was trying, we was trying to please the customers. We was trying to please your audience, trying to be please each other. Everything's about pleasing everybody else where now I look at it as in, as long as I feel happy and as long as I feel like I'm following my purpose, the rest of the people will follow with me. Mm. So for me, being a leader is being your true true self and like also like showing emotion. There's no there's no handbook, there's no guidebook to what a leader is. And I remember in previous places that I'd worked, I'd always thought that a leader had to be somebody who gets on no matter what. And to a certain degree you do, but there are certain situations where you have to show your team that it's okay not to not to feel okay every day. And mm-hmm. I hope you don't mind me sharing, but recently Amy's mom was diagnosed with cancer and, and that's been an incredibly difficult time for, for both of us. And one of the things, and I have the most respect for Amy for doing this, one afternoon she wasn't feeling great at all. So she messaged the team and just said, look, I'm going to spend a few hours in the office. I'm not feeling great. This is what's going on. I want all of you to know that if I'm giving off a different energy today, it's got nothing to do with any of you. Um, And I think having that conversation, one, I know what it feels like when a boss comes into a room and you're like, they might not feel like they did the day before. And you're like, oh my God, have I done something? Have I done something? You don't want people questioning that. And number two, it allows them to also open up with you. And I think to be a good leader, you have to have open, honest communication with your team. They need to be able to trust that 
if something's wrong, they can come to you as well. And if they're not feeling great, they can come to you as well. Like It yeah. reminds people that you're a human. You, I was yeah. just about to say yeah. that we're all human. Yeah. And whatever level you're at, we have feelings. Yeah. You know, we experience bereavement. We experience, you know, sadness. We experience mm -hmm. happiness and stuff. And if everyone knows that everyone's the same, mm -hmm. you don't know how you can help that person just by being honest. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, you started as a social community online and and on Instagram, and it grew to this physical space. You know, what was that like? Because obviously, you know, being vulnerable online, you there's, there's that barrier, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, there's the comments, whatever. People want to say anything. But... It's like what you said, that lady was looking at you because mm -hmm. she could see in the flesh. You know, it has a different impact. How have you managed that? And what's your secret to building such a loyal and engaged community? Because obviously those people who follow you online, they they probably want to come to the cafe. Mm -hmm. You know, like, even I watch it, I'm going, <laughs> I go to Manchester. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. Let's we, we get a lot of people travelling from all over yeah. just to come, don't we? But it was scary. It, it Like I said, all of this kind of happened like... I don't want to say by accident or that it was like luck because I think in the same breath so much hard work went into it but it wasn't necessarily the plan. Um we didn't we didn't really have a plan did we? And it grew so quickly. So we opened our space in lockdown. We opened up and the day before we were due to go into the second lockdown which we only found out as we'd opened our doors. I was in the kitchen making the avocado toast crumpets. We actually we actually had a birthday party for our dog. It was her first birthday party. So we was like, right, you know, we're going into yeah, lockdown. We had yeah. 30 dogs in the coffee shop and yeah. I was like slamming the coffee machine and Kira was making avocado and crumpets and we had 30 dogs running around, literally peeing everywhere in the coffee <laughs> shop. And before we started the dog party, Kira did this post about going into lockdown too. And then we both was just not on our phones because it was just a hectic day. And then our phones just kept going, ding, 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 all day. And we're like, what's going on? What's going on? At the end of the day, we literally got in bed, looked at our phones, and loads of um, celebrities had shared this post. And this post was just going viral. And in 24 hours, we made up, we got 130,000 followers in 24 hours. Yeah, it, it was scary. But we, ne we never changed... We never changed the content or the material we're still putting out. And I think that's where the community then built. That's my advice of people. Like, however big you get and however... Your business will constantly go in different directions, but whatever that direction is, don't lose your purpose. So are we still making at least one person every day feel good? Yeah. Okay, well, we're doing our jobs. Yeah. I think the more the bigger you get, the more pressure you have, the more coffee shops you have, and the, the more team members you have, all this pressure on you, you can get so lost where, especially online, like with your community and building that, just make sure you are so crystal clear on your purpose and why you're doing it. Because Otherwise, like I said before, your tribe will find you. If you're mm. doing that and if you're happy and you're passionate, they're going to come find you. So put less pressure on yourself and just be crystal clear on your why. And so that's what we base all of our business decisions on. We do have to interrupt questions for a segment we like to call Trending Takes. Now, our team has scoured the web for topics, tweets, talking points to provoke some more Interesting conversation. Now, are you happy to get involved? I, in fact, I'm not even asking. Yeah, You're, you are going to get involved. Give me a choice. Yeah, no, 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 no. I was just trying to be polite. <laughs> right. Okay. This is the first trending take. I'm, I'm nervous. I are am, you? Yeah, I'm not hot. Hello. But this is a good one for you. A little fear is a good thing. One hundred percent. One hundred percent sitting in your comfort zone will not make you grow 
It will not allow you to grow if you're just sitting in that same zone all the time. Where if you're fearful of something, for example, we had no experience in hospitality, we have no experience in nightlife, we have no business experience, but we were scared to do it, but we did it anyway, it's going to help you grow. So I 100% agree with that. Fear is like the unknown, isn't it? So like once you know it, it's not scary anymore. And I think it's just taking that one step into it. And like comfort zone is a good thing at times because you've got to prepare yourself. You've got to make sure you're ready. But then you eventually have to step out of that and, yeah. and interfere. And then you know it. And do you, do you think, find as well. So if you go into an environment where it's fear or you're doing something where you're like, oh, my goodness. And then when you nail it, oh, my gosh. Yeah. That feeling is immense. Mm-hmm. I've got a really, like, this is what I'm going for at the moment. So not many people know this. Top secret. I'll tell um, <laughs> It'll only stay between <laughs> us. <laughs> <laughs> so this, I am, abs- everybody knows this bit of it. I am absolutely petrified of public speaking. Like, petrified of it. Get out of here. I know, you wouldn't think it, would you? Um, but I remember being a teenager and I remember hearing a, I overheard a conversation that my really rich uncle from Ireland had with my mum from Salford in a council estate and said, pointed to, was talking about me and said, she's going to go really far in life or she could go really far in life, but she won't get anywhere in life with the accent. So why don't I pay for classes for her to basically speak properly and then she'll go far, elocution lessons. So my mum turned around and said, no, she'll be herself and that's, she'll get far just by being herself. And what did I say to you? I said, you're literally... I said, I could hear you speak all the time because you remind me of my grandparents and it brought back good memories. Yeah. That made me feel comfortable, by the way. Mm -hmm. I didn't tell you that time because you had no idea, but I was like, oh, that's made me feel comfortable. But I absolutely don't sleep at night beforehand. Every time we've got to speak, but I'm not going to not do it because I want to grow and I know I should be spreading this story. So You now to you last year is already unreal. And last night you did sleep. You woke up this morning and said I had the best sleep ever. A little little tip for that. When you are scared of something, by the way, change the words. I used to wake up in the morning and say, I feel so nervous about going and doing this talk. When I wake up and go, I am so excited about going and doing this talk. Because nerves and excitement is the exact same feeling in your body and in your mind. So as you're just telling yourself that you're nervous. So now I try and say, I'm excited about doing this talk. Where really my stomach, I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Amy, I'm going to start crying a minute. (laughs) Love you. (laughs) Okay. Ready for trending take two? Ready. Empathy for your workforce is the most effective productivity hack. I mean, you've answered this already, really. We have kind of, haven't we? But I think I I can go into a little bit more. Go on. So empathy is like understanding what people are going through and and feeling like. I think it's it's different to, to sympathy in a way. And I think... The, it doesn't necessarily make people more productive, I, I don't believe. But there is such a... What's the word? There is something incredible about experiencing exactly what your team go through day to day. Mm. So we would never ask our team to do something that we aren't prepared to do. We have, I've been the chef. I've been the head chef at once. Like had no idea how to run a kitchen. We've done the coffee. We've done the serving. We still clean up. Like we, we have experienced everything. So when our team are having a a super busy day, I can feel empathy for them and they know that I understand as well. Um, So yeah, I don't think it necessarily means that people are going to be more productive, but I think your team knowing that if, and even if they're having a bad day that day and you know that they understand, you they know that you understand, then 
on the days that they are feeling productive, they're going to be super productive. Yeah. But people can't be like 100% every single day, can they? No. Okay. You can start a successful business without any experience. No. Never. <laughs> yeah. Can't do Thank it. God. Don't you bother trying. We... 100% like for us we've always said passion outweighs experience every single time you can be the most experienced you could be a chef for 20 odd years but if you lose the passion for it you're not lo no longer going to be a good chef because you've lost the passion so for us as long as you've got passion you can do anything you want mm -hmm. obviously you, you an experience you you gain experience we've do, we've literally we're not exaggerating had no idea what we were doing to the point where we had no idea how to build a website even to post on instagram at one point what hashtags to use where do i when i've packed the clothing what post office do i take it to no idea but we we're here even, now so we're living we proof. didn't even have hospitality experience nope. you gain the experience you gain it learn as you go you can breathe a sigh of relief because that wraps up the trending take section. And if you're watching this podcast on YouTube, make sure you continue the conversation in the comment section below. What, you know, listening to you and also from reading about you and looking at your social um, presence, mental health is just key for you. It's your mm. mantra. It's just as important as physical health. But what impact do you think having healthy mental health has on the running of a successful business? I know what the answer is going to be, but I just want to hear, you know, you break it down because we're in an era where it, this is at the forefront of everybody's mind and it would will affect productivity if you don't have a group of people around you who feel good about themselves. Do you know what it is? When we first started, because obviously Kim had suffered with her mental health, but I had never, I had never suffered with mental health before. Um, <clears throat> and about, I'd say probably four months ago, I was obviously I had the news about my mum, and I think it kind of dropped me. I was, I was completely burnt out. And then I had the news about my mum, and it was just like it floored me. And we went to Cyprus, and we sat there, and we both was like, "What have we done? Like we've had this coffee shop for two, two and a half years now, haven't we?" And we was like. Have we made the right decision? Should we have ever opened the coffee shop? Do we have any idea what we're doing? This was literally about three months ago. And we was like, we'll close the coffee shop. We'll stop the clothing. We'll, we'll stop everything. Let's just start really? again. You just were just thinking, that's yeah. it. Literally yeah. Literally, like, we've obviously done everything wrong because we're feeling so terrible. Um, but then eventually, again, we sat back down, took, took a breath first, and then wrote down everything that we wanted to do, everything that we wanted to be, everything that we, why we started it. And when we look back at it, it was like, we was just we was just burning ourselves out. And I think it's, as long as you feel happy every single day when you wake up for what you do, you're doing, nobody else matters. It's, everything else is just noise. Yeah. And I think that's so important. And now I struggle with my mental health. It's as well. I also think like a lot of people think feeling good is yoga or meditating or reading books because that's kind of, especially our generation, that's kind of like, oh, I really knew to like make yourself feel good. That's why we chose to open a physical space because we wanted to help people find what makes them feel good, whatever that looks like. If it is meditating, if it is reading a book, if it's cabaret, if it's drawing, if it's just meeting new people, whatever it is, that's what our physical space was supposed to bring. And I think that's so important for your mental health to find what makes you feel good. And it doesn't have to be huge. It can be walking your dog. It can be having that coffee on your own in the morning. But Mental health is so important in business because if you've not got your cup filled, then how are you supposed to encourage anybody else? And all of these things are what helps a normalised talking about it, helps it before it gets to crisis point, you know. And that's why you want to create this space so people can yeah. go in exactly. and just be like, do you know what, I'm thinking that or I'm feeling that. And 
And that's really refreshing because I think people don't talk as much. No one checks in. Everyone checks in on Facebook or Instagram or the restaurant or a coffee shop or, you know, a fancy pack. But no one actually, I don't, I think we've all forgotten how to just check in with ourselves. And that's how you can stop bad days and good days as well. Because like, if you're checking in with yourself, you know, you can feel how you're feeling on that day. And then you'll, your day will be around how you're feeling then. Mm. If you're feeling tired, you're not going to go and run a marathon that day. But we're not checking in ourselves. We have no idea. So we'll go and run the marathon and then we'll come home being like, oh, I'm going out. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> so trusting your gut when it comes to hiring, what other tips have you got? I think it ties back into when we were talking about being clear with your values as a business. Externally, people can see what our values are. And I think that attracts people who are aligned with us. And then that that really helps build a team who all care about the purpose and, and want to drive it forward. Um, and then... I think having the team included in certain decisions as well, if you're bringing in new management or supervisors, I think it's super important to have sessions where they get to meet the team so everybody feels comfortable. And um, if someone's going to be leading that team, then everyone needs to to get on. And I think just giving them the space to have fun. Like we had, we had this, um, this comment or a story that someone posted in the club and the woman said that... Um, she was like, I absolutely love coming to places where you can see the team are having a good time. They aren't just focused on like getting the five star on the food, on the service, on everything. That there's something lovely about seeing a team having fun with each other. And I, I think that's it. I think creating an environment where, you know, hospitality is really hard work. Um, and I think giving the space to have fun as well and not just be like you always have to be on and doing something. It works for the team and for the for the customers as well. Mm-hmm. It's been a real journey for you, isn't it? Even like we just touched upon the COVID lockdown, you know, the struggles through, through that period and all that insight it gave you. So I'd love you to share where you see Feel Good Club in the next five years. I mean, it seems like you've jumped over enough, enough hurdles now to be like, okay, where are we going? What's happening? Your answer to that question is we've got no, we've idea, got no idea and we love that we have no idea. Do you know, I, I know for certain in five years, we are still going to be making choices based off things that fulfill us. We're going to be surrounded by incredible people. Like our team are unreal. They make the space what it is now. And I feel more comfortable now saying, when I talk about Feel Good Club as a physical space, walking into it, the atmosphere in that space is like nothing I've ever experienced. Mm. And I never like to say that because I was thought, oh, that feels like big-headed or like I'm boasting but it's down to the people that we've got in there it's down to the team it's down to the regulars that come in so I know we're going to be surrounding ourselves with incredible people and we're going to be doing things based off purpose and things that also make us feel good and, and hopefully everything else will come still make one person feel good every day that was mm-hmm. the first purpose and it will continue to be the purpose so basically what you're saying is Feel Good Club will be around in five years time with its same purpose and whatever guys that's in Exactly. We're going to celebrate it. Whatever sector that's in, we're going to be there. Um, Do you know, I love your reminders that you put on social media. In a weird way, it's like therapeutic for me to do. Um, Sunday evening reminders, that's probably one of the most popular recurring posts that we do. And it's literally me on a Sunday evening thinking, how do I feel? Or like, what did I need to hear when I was in my full-time job? And I was going back into work on the Monday. And it kind of just helps me realign with how I'm feeling as Mm. well. And the thing that I love most about that is when people respond to it and people get something from it, I'm like, 
okay, I feel less alone now because that's how I feel. Yeah. It's like what you go back to say, this is, if that's true to your business or your why, then stick to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I could chat to you all day. <laughs> I could chat to you all day. I'm having a lovely time. I'm, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> Should we do some rapid fire questions? Oh, yeah. What is your best mental health reminder? To take a breath. We go through life so quickly, everything's so fast paced, just stop and take a breath. Okay. Are you taking a breath? Are you taking a breath? <laughs> taking a, real big, taking a big breath. A real big breath, but I think it's also talking. Like you have yeah. to talk. You can't deal with it all alone. I tried for so long to deal with it on my own. And until I vocalized how I was feeling and told someone, there was no way I was ever going to get any better. Well, they go in hand in hand because take a breath and then let it, and and then then let it out. What do you most enjoy about owning and running your own business? The freedom to try new things. The freedom of testing exactly what I'm doing now. The freedom of getting out of my comfort zone. I can choose when to do that. I think my favourite thing is like seeing, having this idea, having this thing in your head and like seeing it come to life. Yeah. Like I just, it, it shocks me every time. Like you've got this thing in your head and you can kind of picture it and you can see it, but then you, you, you can see it come to life yeah. like I, lo- I love that feeling yeah oh beautiful okay favorite business hack know everything about your business know everything that goes on don't start a business and then instantly give the jobs to everybody else and expect them know to know how to do it like you've got to know every part of your business and how it works because if everything hits the fan like it's it's down to you and it you've got to step up and and do it know the ins and the outs yeah okay the one thing you wish you knew starting out that being a leader doesn't mean you have to be somebody that you're not would be mine yeah. like yeah. if i knew that straight away i'd just continue to be myself but i instantly because that's all i'd known from my previous jobs i instantly was trying to be somebody else so if i could go back now I wish I was just me from day one. As soon as we opened those doors, I wish I was just me trying to be me. Yeah, I agree with that. Amazing. Your confession was around thinking you made the worst decision of your life. Do you forgive yourself, regret it, or wish to forget it? I forgive I was gonna say ourselves. Um, because, yeah, like it, that all came from like self-doubt. It came from burning ourselves out and and trying to do everything and ultimately that led us down a path of 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 burnout where we couldn't see all the good things that we have you know when 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 we were crying and saying like is this right is this right nothing was going wrong everything was going perfectly the team were happy the business is running smoothly we're profitable it was just how we had made ourselves feel by not stopping and the best piece of advice that we had in that period one of our supervisors she was going off to to travel and she came into the office one afternoon and Amy was it sounds like we cry all the time we really don't um but you you were crying you were upset weren't you and even I was 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 crying um and she turned around and she said guys like from an outsider's perspective someone who is on your team who cares about you you are always looking at how you can grow And I know why you do it, because you want to create a better environment for us. You want to create a better business. You want to be able to provide support for more people. But what you're doing is you're missing the magic of what you've created. You're in this office now and next door feels magical. 
and you're not there. You're just trying to grow and put in all this pressure on yourself. And since, since she said that to us, like, I think that was almost like a turning point yeah. recently where we've been like, oh my God, yeah. Like, we don't need to constantly be be growing and and ticking all these things off. Like, we need to experience what we've we've created. Yeah. And, and just appreciate the now. Yeah. Enjoy the moment. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Exactly. Kira and Amy, it's been an absolute ball. And I've learned so much from you. And the energy. We started off saying there was energy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'll move from this positivity. Honestly, we've had such a blast. I yeah. could sit here all day. Thank you so I've, much yeah, for I've having us. And thank you for listening. Don't forget to hit follow and subscribe so you don't miss out on our next successful business guest. And if today's episode has positively impacted you and inspired you like it has me, please do head over to the NatWest website for information and tools that help you take those next steps to success.